0: We learned about uh, building SlideShare, uh, early insights into uh, building a globally successful product, uh, you know, learned a little bit about how India's tech product ecosystem was back then. Uh, we also learned, uh, you know, a lot about uh, a founder's journey in, in, in building uh, SlideShare and, uh, you know, selling it. LinkedIn. Uh, the, the second part of uh, this podcast is where uh, we, we we try and understand uh, this crossing the line thing that Amit uh, talked about uh, when he decided to join uh, the Indian government uh, to help them build products. And uh, you know, the first time Amit, I'll be honest with you, I remember I was with Economic Times. And uh, I heard about this, and uh, we so-called uh, <laughs> broke the story uh, in Economic Times. And I, even while writing the story, I was telling myself, uh, you know, this is not going to work. And uh, I was very, very skeptical. And I'm telling you now, I thought that you would be out of this after a year. So I'm happy to be proven wrong here, Amit, but, uh, you know, let's talk how it happened and why did you choose to
1: do this? Right, right. So, you know, uh, uh, the acquisition with LinkedIn happened in 2012 and uh, I I was uh, with SlideShare LinkedIn till the end of 2014, so it's almost, uh, you know, close to two and a half to three years post the acquisition. And uh, the plan was that, you know, Slideshare had been, you know, uh, a marathon, I mean, you know, uh, a decade-long marathon, working like crazy, working like, you know, think, you know, 10 years if you work like, you know, 16, 17 hours a day types. Um, so it was kind of you know that's that's how I would describe my situation and I was really looking forward to taking some time off and uh, you know uh, like a lot of people in that situation the plan was to essentially you know kind of once I exit LinkedIn I'll probably you know take some uh, uh, year or two off and then go back to doing another startup um, and uh, it just so happened that you know uh, so we've been part of uh, you know iSpirit. Uh, since, since many years, almost, uh, you know, I remember 2006 or 7, when we worked with Avinash and Sharad. And uh, so, uh, you know, we you, know, you believe in the, the cause of the product nation and, you know, I think they needed some help. And uh, specifically, I think the, you know, the government was uh, um, working or doing consultations on some open governance policies. So there was an open API policy and an open source policy and uh, they were talking to industry and i think uh, you know ice spirit wanted some help and they asked me if i would uh, just kind of you know spend some time and i said okay uh, you know i'm in delhi and uh, let me just help you out and so i started going to the, the ministry and i met the people there and uh, this was uh, in, they said the context was the consultations around those policies and after you know a couple of visits there i think uh, what happened was the, the people in the government they got to know about me about my background and uh, one day you know um, you know they asked me that you know if i would be interested in uh, working on a national project and uh, something of a of a very large nature and, uh, and you know, um, they obviously had, uh, I, I think, done some homework in, ter- in terms of talking to people uh, in the industry and knowing about me. And, you know, my immediate reaction to that was uh, that, no, no, of course not. I mean, you know, uh, I didn't say it to them, but I said, I mean, who works in the government? The government is like, you know, it's the, it's not even in the wildest dreams. Uh, and I said, you know, sir, you know, my plans are, you know, I'm just helping out uh, uh, I spirit and I don't have any particular uh, plans for for this and uh, but you know I think they 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 asked me to reconsider it and they tried to explain in more detail and uh, you know kind of uh, so I talked to you know I started thinking about it I talked to people in my family uh, talked to my other co-founders and I talked to people uh, in iSpirit talked to Sharad Sharma talked to Nandan and I think over, you know, over a few weeks, the enormity of this, uh, this opportunity kind of, you know, came to me and, uh, and, and thereby, you know, the first time I think the question came to my mind is that what if my personal plans, the way I had been thinking about what if I could just kind of, you know, push them uh, a couple of years out, I just kind of postpone them and, uh, I take up this opportunity and, uh, and that's how it kind of, you know, I thought about it for the first time. and uh, But I didn't commit to it. And what happened was, you know, I kind of kept on coming to uh, the the government offices every now and then. And over a period of almost uh, two to three months, I then, uh, you know, once I had met uh, people multiple times I had, and thought about this and chewed it in my mind again and again. And that's when I kind of, you know, Felt that okay, I think this uh, kind of you know made sense to me, and I was willing to kind of, as I said, you know, postpone my personal plans and take up this opportunity. Um, and uh, I think uh, the other, I think, critical part of that decision was that. Uh, so the government, you know, typically uh, engages with people uh, who have a specialized background in multiple ways. I mean, you know, you could become an advisor or you could become a consultant, coming into office once, uh, sometimes, uh, or uh, or you could kind of, you know, in very rare cases, you could actually step into an operational role, right? Um, so so while thinking about, you know, how how do I kind of, you know, work with them, and, you know, given my instincts as an entrepreneur, given my instincts of having, you know, uh, run and build SlideShare, I think one thing was clear to me is that I felt that, you know, if you really want to kind of make an impact, then you would want, you know, control over certain things. And I I see, I I think it's going to be very difficult to have control if you kind of, you know, become an advisor or become a consultant coming into office once in a while. I think the only way to kind of, you know, have that control is to kind of say that, okay, I'm going to step in and take up an operational uh, kind of a role. So that was the other decision that I took. And uh, um, and I finally, you know, went back and told the government, and they kind of, you know, uh, over a period of time, they inducted me, and uh, I started working out of uh, the ministry's offices here, uh, and uh, and you know, I think it's almost been two and a half years now. Um, I essentially uh, handle uh, or I work on two different projects there, and both these projects are actually very different from one another so the majority of my time and the thing that i've done uh, spent the most time on is uh, this project called the digital locker which is part of the india stack and the uh, vision there is to kind of you know create a nationwide uh, federated document exchange and the idea is to kind of you know uh, attack the problem or essentially you know kind of uh, uh, build a build up a platform which essentially you know allows indian citizens to kind of you know uh, have paperless uh, you know service delivery and uh, so so and this is like a, you know a really massive project it's kind of you know straddles uh, you know various uh, government departments various Uh, And, uh, you know, that keeps me, that takes up most of my time. And the second project, which kind of, you know, is more of a focused, more uh, technology-oriented is, so there's an open source initiative inside the government called OpenForge, where uh, the government, uh, you know, wants to essentially, uh, so so we are all familiar with GitHub. Uh, GitHub is a code-sharing platform that is very popular, and everyone uses that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, GitHub, uh, you know, is not hosted on um, in India. So, so that makes it uh, very difficult for, you know, government source code to be hosted on that platform and thereby, you know, creating the need for a GitHub kind of a platform uh, to be, you know, built and hosted on, uh, on Indian soil. So, so that's the other platform that we've built and we've launched recently. And, uh, you know, but that is, as I said, you know, that's more a focused, specialized, uh, technology-oriented platform. Its uh, audience is largely, you know, uh, the open-source community, um, both inside and outside the government. And, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you know, so so, what have been some of the key challenges that you have seen while working uh, as being part of, a uh, government uh, project and uh, what have been some of the other you know surprising discoveries uh, of, you know kind of you know perception versus reality i mean i'm sure there would have been some pleasant <laughs> discoveries as well so can you uh, take us through some of the key learnings uh, both on the challenges front as well as some of the things that you really thought you know you would never uh, discover uh, in an assignment like
1: this. Yeah, sure, sure. So I think, uh, you know, uh, so I'll kind of, you know, frame it as a mix of challenges and learnings that I've had. So think of it as a mix of those two. I think the first thing is that, you know, I mean, it goes without saying that the government is a completely different uh, system. It's a different animal. Like you know, it's a different DNA. It's it's structurally, uh, you know, the uh, it's it's kind of you know built up in a very different way than you know private enterprise. And uh, I would say that uh, you know the 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 most uh, uh, you know the stark uh, or or the way that it kind of you know affects you the most is that uh, you know in the private sector or in startups. you still have, you know, a fair amount of locus of control, you know, you know, you still control a lot of the variables uh, around you, uh, thereby kind of, you know, uh, giving you reasonable satisfaction that, you know, I actually, a uh, big part of uh, my my destiny is actually controlled by what I do or I don't do, right? So you have locus of control in the private sector. I think on the government side, that is not necessarily true. I mean, the government is a far more complex system. So There's like layers and layers of, uh, you know, things that you've got to kind of, you know, take care of, and you know, you have far lesser, you know, locus of control. Uh, so that's just you know, uh, starting off the, the the one one difference that kind of hits you straight away. I think uh, you know one of the uh, things that that really has kind of, you know, has been an eye-opening thing. And I only realized it once I had worked here for, you know, almost uh, more than a year, is that you You clearly see the two different parts of India, I mean, what, what we refer to as India versus Bharat. Uh, I think you are kind of confronted that reality in a very uh, direct way, once you are inside the government and uh, and actually you know it's it's been very surprising as well because if if you especially I, th- I i would take the liberty of saying that you know people like you and me have had the privilege of coming from you know a part of or a section of society where a lot of the narrative that we hear about in media in history Uh, the books that we have read, it kind of, you know, we have a certain point of view of India, you know, and it's kind of, the narrative is influenced a lot by, you know, by what we see in the largest cities, what we see in a certain segment of society. But the moment you come down inside the government, you are actually kind of confronted with a very different reality. And, uh, you know, it kind of surprises you. And, you know, sometimes I've kind of, you know, been really, uh, I mean, it's kind of been an eye-opening thing. That uh, and you know, in in a technology sense, if I were to kind of you know lay that out, what it means is that you know now what the products that uh, you know I'm building, it's being built for a very different audience. You know, Slideshow was built for for people who are you know uh, you know a decade back they were you know early tech adopters, the savviest you know, people on the internet that you can find. The people who, you know, in 2004 were reading TechCrunch, <laughs> if I may put it that way. You know, so Slideshare was kind of, you know, built for that audience. And and now, you know, what we are, the products that I'm doing, it's completely built for a different audience. It's far more kind of, you know, a different uh, strata of society, a different uh, socio-political economic segment. And, uh, and I have to admit that, you know, this 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 difference has kind of you know hit me really hard and um, and i think uh, since you ask uh, you know one other thing which which really has been uh, uh, you know somewhat surprising and i didn't expect this at all but uh, you know uh, having worked uh, worked in the system so one of the things that you know people tend to think that the governments tend to be slow in terms of their action or decision making And, uh, you know, governments are typically bound by rules, they're bound by procedures, and, uh, you know, people here tend to be kind of, you know, very uh, contemplative of some of the watchdog functions like the CAG and the CBC and, you know, all these things. And hence, you know, every decision that you are taking is kind of, you know, circumspect and kind of, you know, you're trying to establish precedence for those decisions. Right. And so essentially what I'm saying is that, you know, uh, the, the style of working is very, you know, bound within set of predefined rules in the government. That is the typical way of working. And what you realize actually about, about software is that if you look at the classic textbook definition of software, then what is software, I mean, software is nothing but a predefined set of rules that governs the behavior of a system, right? So what it in turn means that actually, you know, something like software technology can actually be a very good friend of the government, right? Because if you have, you know, the, the the well-designed software systems in place, it can be a very effective, you know, aid in terms of governance and in terms of decision-making because software by definition is is a set of preordained and predefined rules. Right? So I think this has been a really, you know, I would say again, one of those realizations that I hadn't thought about, and, but it's really hit, hit me very hard. And, uh, and now you're seeing that happen uh, in so many ways is that, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, we, we are seeing, uh, you know, software systems get in, get in all, uh, you know, government processes and services. And, and that's exactly because of this property of software is that it is nothing but a set of predefined rules.
0: So, you know, just to understand this deeper, Amit, uh, is there a playbook for building technology products in the government, uh, you know, in in, in the governance area? And I'm asking this question to understand. So how do you decide what product to build? Uh, Do you look at a problem to solve or is it driven by the so-called need of, you know, the potential users or beneficiaries of uh, a product. So, so what is the playbook really like?
1: So, I would say that, uh, you know, obviously the the, uh, formative decisions or the originating decisions are taken by uh, the administrators, uh, you know, people who are, uh, you know, especially in the the ministry, the, the secretary and his team. And they obviously, you know, have... Uh, you know deep insights into the system and they are kind of you know living it uh, day in and day out and they kind of you know probably uh, have identified the opportunity of where a new system could actually come in and it could kind of be built and uh, then uh, you know how, how that could you know uh, you know, make things better and, uh, you know, more efficient than, than existing. So I think the need identification is probably done by, 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 the, uh, by them. And once that is done and, you know, you, then you kind of start scoping out the project and then you say that, okay, you know, then what kind of a solution would that be? Uh, who would actually build that solution? How would you architect that solution? Uh, what is the organizational structure you would have? What is the technology architecture you would have? And that's when, you know, you kind of, you know, scope out the larger game plan around it is that it's going to be built in-house or it's going to be, you know, kind of um, like we have seen with uh, many of the newer projects uh, like Aadhaar and GSTN, is that is there's more participation from the par- private sector, the people coming in from outside and helping the government. So I think those are more of the operational level details. And uh, and in, in my case, you know, the projects that I'm working on, as I said, you know, uh, I came in more once the decisions about those projects had been done. And uh, to your question, is there a playbook? Um, I wouldn't think so. At least I have not come across anything. Uh, I, I do want to point out one thing, though, which uh, is interesting, is that uh, the, so the government as a system is is designed to think in terms of projects. Um, they, they typically don't think in terms of products. And uh, and that is actually something that uh, I've realized, and I've actually shared this with uh, uh, you know, people in the ministry and the teams that I work with. And this is very fascinating uh, because uh, the reality is that, uh, you know, whether it is, you know, the bureaucrats or whether it is, you know, politicians, Uh, everybody is now using Facebook. Everybody is now using YouTube. Everybody is now using uh, Twitter, right? You're using Wikipedia. So in a way, your expectancies of, you know, what systems could look like is being set by some of these products and services. And once you start using that, you kind of, you know, reflect that inwards and say that, and it's a very natural question to ask for any human being, is that why can't government systems... Also, kind of have some of this goodness that you kind of you know find in these global systems. Why can't they also be as easy to use? Why can't they also you know have you know lots and lots of users? And um, and, and you know and you know what I've tried to uh, to kind of make my team understand is that to build you know those kind of systems, you've got to think or you've got to start thinking um, uh, like a product right? So you, you, you've got to kind of unlearn a little bit of the project thinking because projects are, you know, more uh, transactional, they are more time-driven, We don't think, uh, you know, in the long term, uh, whereas, you know, products have to kind of, you know, have a slighter little bit of thing. Although I think government also kind of needs to decide, you know, whether uh, you know, what is the role? Are they going to be an operator or are they going to be essentially an enabler or are they going to largely set the rules? Those Those decisions still need to be made. But yet, I mean, if you're trying to kind of, you know, replicate some of the experiences that you see with these global platforms, then uh, it's important to understand that, you know, there's very strong product thinking that has gone into creation of those platforms. So at least some of those thinkings has to be kind of, you know, uh, gotten into what we are building inside the government. If we are going to benchmark, you know, the experience here with those platforms.
0: Sure, sure. No, that's good good to know. So, a couple of more things I want to understand. Uh, One is, uh, there's a lot of criticism of many government products and platforms that we are seeing out there today. Now, and at the core, there are uh, debates around privacy, security, and, and things like that. How much of time you, for example, on the products that you have worked on, spend thinking about those issues? And secondly, how do you handle
1: criticism? Yeah, so I think, you know, we spend a lot of time on security, privacy, and such issues. And I'll be honest, you know, if I were to compare it with my experience of building SlideShare, compared to that, you know, it's of a different order of magnitude. Simply because I think the you know uh, security privacy are of a much you know they they have much more importance in uh, in inside the government so so way more I spend way more time uh, you know and uh, spend more energies about it and I think there's a much you know the team is with a much broader uh, you know effort around that. I mean I would kind of you know. Uh, uh, the way I would answer that question is that uh, maybe one of the things that is happening is that, you know, there, there's been rapid uh, uh, pace of change as far as technology goes in government systems. And the, the legal uh, systems haven't kept in pace. I mean, if you, if you look at it, then, uh, you know, the ideal way to do things would be to kind of, you know, have laws and policies laid down. And, and thereafter, you know, you kind of, you know, some of these systems could have come, but, uh, you know, maybe that's not what has happened. Uh, and which is what we see in India right now is that, you know, the privacy, uh, you know, law is now being, uh, it's now on the drawing board. You know, people are thinking about it and uh, it will be debated and, you know, you'll have version one of it in some months. Uh, but I, uh, you know, as, 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 I mean i would say that that's totally to be expected is that it's just the inherent nature of rapidly evolving technology that you know i don't think you can expect legislation to always be ahead of technology i think it is that's the way it is likely to happen Well, I think you've got to kind of do your job. You know, <laughs> go to the office every day, and <laughs> you cannot, uh, beyond a certain point, uh, you know, uh, let that affect you. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I do see the criticism. That's, uh, you know, that's uh, we've seen that. And uh, as I said, you know, to me, uh, the structural issue that I see is this lag between between the laws and the technology. To me, that is, you know, what is causing this. And uh, till that, uh, and hopefully, you know, that will probably, you know, uh, get sorted out in some time. And uh, till then, you know, you you have a daily job to do and you've got to kind of focus on that and not let that criticism, uh, you know, affect you professionally.
0: Over past few years, and you know, you are a, a great example of that, uh, Indian government has also reached out to many people from different fields to come and work their biggest problems now if if someone were interested in being part of this machinery uh, from outside private sector or elsewhere uh, what would be, be your advice uh, who should uh, do this and who should not or what should be the expectation I mean, how would you, you know, what are some of the mythbusters? What would you tell them?
1: So what I have seen is that uh, the government uh, needs domain specialists uh, because the government has a very strong, uh, you know, general administration machinery in place. Where they may need help is, uh, you know, especially in rapidly evolving technological areas, you need people who have domain expertise. You need you need people who have kind of you know who have a deeper understanding than maybe some of their own uh, uh, own own people. Uh, so so I, I would say that there is uh, definitely you know opportunity for domain specialists to work in the government. And uh, you know I would say that uh, you know people who have spent. Uh, So so first of all, I mean, there has to be a strong desire uh, to to be a part of the government system and to contribute for it. Uh, And that has to be an overriding factor, if at all you are kind of, you know, uh, thinking in this direction, right? Um, And people coming from the private sector, I mean, I would say that, uh, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, look at it as a phase of your professional life, wherein you kind of... Maybe deprioritize some of your other things and you kind of put on higher priority this need to kind of, you know, serve for a larger cause. So so I, I would say that, you know, you, it's a question of priority, you kind of say that, you know, we can have various priorities professionally is that, you know, you want work satisfaction, you want to work for a larger cause, you know, you want to earn money. Uh, you might have, you know, some locational uh, or family-related kind of obligations. So there could be a host of, you know, multiple factors. So where I think, you know, working in the government could work is that if, you know, the, the the factor which is kind of, you know, driving you towards contributing for a larger cause, if you can actually put that on higher priority and put the others on lower priority, and if you are in that position, then I think, you know uh, you know, it is definitely worth considering. And uh, as I said, you know, I think uh, the government needs domain specialists. And, you know, whichever area that you specialize in, uh, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, you could uh, look up opportunities in the respective ministries. uh, And the government has various ways of, uh, you know, engaging people from the private sector and hiring them. There are various mechanisms. Uh,
0: It's been very, very insightful, at least for me. And I'm sure people who are listening in trying to make sense of, Entrepreneurship, uh, government, uh, IT products—you uh, know—I'm sure they—they're going to be learning a lot. So thank you again, Amit, for uh, you know this midnight conversation. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks, Pankaj. I think it was great talking to you, and uh, you know, uh, look forward to this podcast. And wish you all the best for uh, you know taking Tractor Daily to the next level.